I would love to go back in time to Boston in the 1880s because <laughs> I I really think that that in so many ways, even though the world is a very different place from back then, Mary Baker Eddy lived through a, an era where many of the kind of cons, uh, consumeristic aspects of of American society that really we we live through today. We're, we're coming into being, and I think Boston, as a, a, a major American city, lived through that. It, 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 it had a lot of those kind of tensions that we continue to see manifested today. That was Dr. Christopher Evans, professor of history of Christianity and Methodist studies at the Boston University School of Theology. He was speaking on the evolution of Thanksgiving in American society. We'll be hearing more from Dr. Evans on this subject during the podcast. Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, a podcast from the Mary Baker Eddy Library in Boston and online at mbelibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Library. Our archives provide a rich resource into the life and contributions of the library's namesake, Mary Baker Eddy and into the living history of the Christian science movement that she founded. Library programs explore the ongoing significance and impact of Eddie's life work and writings in a wide range of fields. I'm so pleased to be in studio today with Judy Hunnicke, Senior Research Archivist at the Mary Baker Eddy Library, to explore what the library's archives and the story and ideas of Mary Baker Eddy tell us about the spiritual and cultural heritage of Thanksgiving in America. Well, hello, Judy. Hey there, Jonathan. We heard a little bit of you in that opening clip. Um, I think you said, me too. So um, <laughs> we'll be getting back to you in your conversation with Chris uh, Evans. Just to start, I'd love to get some initial thoughts from you about uh, the holidays and Mary Baker Eddy. Well, Mary Baker Eddy and the holidays is a fascinating topic. Eddie grew up at an interesting time in the history of religion in the United States. While she was certainly influenced by her New England Puritan background, let's remember that she matured in the 1820s and 1830s, or about 200 years after the Mayflower arrived in Plymouth. The role and influence of the Congregational Church in New England was fading by that time, and the celebration of holidays was changing, too, as immigrants with different religious traditions arrived in the U.S. The old and the new traditions were coming together in a uniquely American way. I find it so interesting to see how Eddie herself combines the old with the new in her attitudes towards both Thanksgiving and Christmas. That concept of the old and the new is so much a part of what we're going to be addressing in today's uh, conversation on, on Thanksgiving. We, you know, we titled that original program that we'll be referencing during this broadcast as we gather together the evolution of the holidays in American culture. Now, we gather together uh, references of uh, perhaps the quintessential Thanksgiving hymn. It's, it's one that does trace back to um, that early period with the European settlement of New York and New England. But that concept of, of gathering together has really kind of a, a central foundational theme that we continue to engage with and also wrestle with at, at the uh, holiday season. Um, the promise of gathering together is an ideal that uh, we cherish, 
but it, it can also be uh, a challenge that brings up those issues that do divide and or seem to divide and, and separate us. So I think we before we get into um, listening to some clips from your uh, conversation with Chris Evans on the subject of Thanksgiving, I would read uh, the first stanza from that hymn. So here it is, quote, We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens his will to make known. The wicked oppressing now cease from distressing. Sing praises to his name. He forgets not his own. When you look at that hymn, you recognize just how sombering it is in terms of the, the kind of theological themes that it underscores. For a lot of people today, when we, when we sing that hymn, it, it's, we, we associate it oftentimes with a very, it's a beautiful melody. It has a certain, uh, almost a kind of sentimental feeling about, about this particular time of year, particularly Thanksgiving. But when you look at the lyrics of that verse and you, you look at that hymn, it, it, has, it, it definitely reflects upon the, the Puritan ethos that would have been very much a part of New England. Now, when the Puritans settled this region in the 17th century, they tended to view very much their relationship with God from the perspective of a covenant, uh, taking, picking up language from the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, the, the understanding that the people who were, for example, in the Massachusetts colony and in other areas where you see the, the Puritans settle or what we would associate today with the Puritans, they were under an obligation by under God to live a just, moral, righteous life. So when you look at holidays, they would have scorned excessive celebrations. They weren't uh, sanctioned by scriptures. So what you needed to do was you had to make sure that your life always conformed to the teachings of the Bible. So for the Puritans, this meant very much a, 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 tr a, a strong ethic of, of sacrifice, of hard work, but it also meant when you, when you talked about rest and relaxation for a good Puritan, this would have meant Sunday going to church uh, and devoting yourself entirely to the things of God that would have entailed a serious study of the Bible going to church and listening to sermons being preached uh, that oftentimes provided exposition on the Bible. And, and that represented, I think, again, the, 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 the kind of religious ethos that would have been very much a part of the New England landscape when Mary Baker Eddy was born in 1821. Going back to this hymn that you weathered hardship, you struggled to, find, to make sense of natural disasters. You struggled to make sense of death. You struggled to make sense of times when you were financially struggling to, to survive. But there was all, always this return to a God who in some way, even in hard times, was the source of the blessing in your life. Certainly, Thanksgiving was a holiday that really resonated with Mary Baker Eddy. It's interesting, as I was looking through some of our chronologies today, to see that the first time her church celebrated uh, a Thanksgiving service was before there actually was a church. 
Uh, this was in 1878 when she was just beginning to to preach in Boston and uh, holding occasional services in, in rented halls. And so in November of 1878, there was a Thanksgiving service that consisted of a sermon as well as testimonies of gratitude by the congregation. And so this kind of set, I think, uh, a style for a Thanksgiving service that is now uh, a part of all Christian science churches. I did some research a while back to try to figure out why the Thanksgiving service was actually established as a permanent part of the Christian science uh, church service calendar, shall we say. And um, I was, uh, I didn't find a letter from Mary Baker Eddy and says, this is why I'm doing this. But it was very interesting to find out that it was in conjunction with the end of a, a lawsuit being settled in Concord, New Hampshire, the, the quiet New Hampshire town where she made her home from 1892 to 1908. It was a case that involved Irving Tomlinson, who was one of, of Eddie's students. A former patient of his had brought Tomlinson himself to court but the suit had turned into an indictment of Christian science healing in general. The judge and jury upheld the power of prayer to heal, and Mary Baker Eddy was profoundly thankful. Um, and in fact, an account of the case was published in her uh, weekly periodical, The Christian Science Sentinel, directly under the announcement establishing the Thanksgiving service. So I'm guessing that perhaps there is a connection between these two events, but I don't have any document that absolutely states that such a connection exists. Judy, that, that's so fascinating what you discovered about that coincidence of the, um, the happy outcome from that trial and Mary Baker Eddy instituting Thanksgiving services as, as a part of, uh, of Christian science uh, yearly worship. I, I think that it, it's circumstantial, but I, I would have to agree that there must be a relationship. Well, uh, after listening to that clip earlier, um, I did a little more research, and I want to say a little more regarding the trial. This was litigation that dragged out over more than three years. And in the spring of 1902, it was barely halfway through. What happened then, however, was significant. On Monday, April 14, 1902, the second trying of this case began. It ended Tuesday. April 15th, with Tomlinson found not guilty. The next day, on April 16th, Mary Baker Eddy wrote her notice to institute Thanksgiving services. So is there a connection? We really don't know, but I think it's a distinct possibility. Well, we may or may not know if there is a direct connection or even a tangential connection between that trial and Mary Baker Eddy's instituting of the Thanksgiving service uh, in Christian science worship. But um, that connection of trial and Thanksgiving is one that is so much a part of the history of Thanksgiving in the story of America. Uh, we heard about that in the earlier clip from Dr. Evans uh, when he was talking about how important it was to the Puritans to express thanksgiving notwithstanding facing uh, great adversity in trial. Um, and then in Mary Baker Eddy's time, the actual National Day of Thanksgiving is instituted by then-President Abraham Lincoln at a time of extreme trial in the nation. He institutes it as... Uh, as a national holiday, right at the height of the 
Civil War, uh, nearing the end of 1863. So, I thought I'd read a little bit from uh, Lincoln's presidential proclamation for Thanksgiving in 1863. Uh, It captures a little bit of that sentiment of all that America is struggling with at that time, but also its hopes and its vision for a, a much better future. And also I think it's important because, as you know, Judy, um, including the presidential proclamation or at least the proclamation from the governor or head of the state uh, or commonwealth um, where Christian Science Church is located um, is now a very, very important part of Christian Science Services. Mary Baker Eddy established that um, to happen near the opening of of a Thanksgiving service. Um, She calls for reading the Thanksgiving proclamation of the president of the United States or the governor of the state or both. So anyway, this is um, a little bit of what Lincoln says in his presidential proclamation for that first national holiday of Thanksgiving. He says, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father, who dwelleth in the heavens. He then goes on, and he commends to his tender care, meaning God, all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it, as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes, to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. When you look at the, the creation of Thanksgiving, or if I could use that term, the, the, the sort of formulation of Thanksgiving as an American, uh, distinctively American celebration of its identity, I, I think it is tied up with various understandings of how the Civil War was seen as as in some way a righteous crusade, the, the, by, particularly by the end of the 18, uh, 1863. I mean, this was right at the point where Lincoln is giving his Gettysburg Address, which I think in a few words begins the process of taking this war and seeing it in some ways as a righteous cause, associating the war and associating the violence of the war in some way is both uh, a divine judgment, but also the possibility that out of this conflict, something new, something better is going to come about. So in a lot of respects, I think the early Thanksgivings, certainly in the North, would have been seen in this kind of context, that they were a time of sorrow and, and remembrance, but also a time for hopefulness. A nice indication of her love of Thanksgiving is a little piece that she wrote for her new periodical titled, in those days, the Journal of Christian Science. This is back uh, in December 1883, and she writes this kind of Dickensian account of, of having Thanksgiving meal with an unknown group. She just says it was a beautiful group and talks about the mammoth turkey under the skillful carving of the generous host grew beautifully less talks about pies and puddings and so forth. And so it's, um, I think, an indication, since she doesn't have any kind of piece like this about Christmas, of her love for this holiday. ¶¶ 
that's a beautiful moment that you uh, captured. It's so nice to hear that she was able to take some pleasure uh, on occasion in her very busy and demanding life um, and record uh, those notes about uh, a, a, an enjoyable Thanksgiving gathering. Well, thank you so much, Judy. It's always such a pleasure to visit with you and to explore uh, your knowledge of our archives and, and what it can reveal on so many different topics of interest. It's really been great. Well, thank you. And thank you for revisiting with me our earlier broadcast in 2014 with you and Dr. Evans. It was great to get back into that content about the holiday season. And thank you to our listeners. We invite you to click on the related article link on the page for this episode for more information related to this podcast. Also, please go to mbelibrary.org slash holidays for more on the spiritual and cultural heritage of the holiday season. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. And here's a sample from our upcoming December episode. In a lot of ways, the tensions that Mary Baker Eddy had with how, for example, Christmas was celebrated are still tensions that people wrestle with today in different forms. This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2017.